Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Recap. We have a very special episode for you today. We spoke to Nico Calabria of the New England Revolution amputee soccer team. He is also the captain of the United States amputee soccer team, which recently qualified for the 2022 Amputee World Cup in Turkey later this year. This was a very unique interview because I went in knowing very little about amputee soccer. I learned about it a few weeks ago. Uh, so I learned a lot during this interview. I'm sure you'll notice the questions were a little more improvised than normal because I threw in some questions uh, as the conversation uh, went on. But a really, really great interview. I encourage all of our listeners to make sure they listen to the entire interview. Uh, but just in case I want to promote them here, uh, Nico will mention where you can follow them on social media. I want to say that here uh, just so everyone knows up front where you can follow them. Uh, on Instagram, you can follow the USA team at US Amputee Soccer. Uh, and you can follow the New England team at Revolution Amputee Soccer on Instagram as well. You can follow Nico personally at Nico Calabria on Instagram. They also have a YouTube channel, USA Amputee Soccer, and you can follow them on their brand new Twitter account at Revs Amp Soccer. Also, please make sure you check out their website, usampsoccer.org, for more information on the team and their recent matches. There's also a place there to donate for their fundraising campaign to send the team to Turkey for the World Cup. Nico will speak about that a little bit later on in the episode. Nico will also speak about uh, how if you are interested in getting involved in volunteering with the team, they are also in need of support that way as well. You can check them out again. That's usampsoccer.org. That is going to be in the show notes. Uh, and you can also contact Nico on Instagram at Nico Calabria, uh, which I already mentioned, uh, or you can email him at revolutionamputeesoccer at gmail.com. Uh, so again, all of this is in the show notes. Uh, I encourage you to pause Go follow them on Instagram. Go bookmark the website so you can check it out later if you can't do that right now. Uh, I also want to plug our stuff here so we can run the interview uncut. Thank you to our sponsor, Galasso Kits. Galasso Kits' mission is to bring unique vintage jerseys to your home with merchandise from clubs and national teams from over 80 countries in the world. No matter who you support, Galasso Kits has something that would look great in your closet. So check out GalassoKits.com for their full selection. And make sure you follow them at Galasso Kits on Twitter and Galasso Kits on Instagram for updates to their new inventory, which they are posting every single single week. When you find something you like, please use promo code REVSRECAP to save 15% off your order. That is promo code REVSRECAP at ColossoKits.com for 15% off your order. Links and code are in the show notes. Uh, and also, please make sure you follow us on Twitter at Revolution Recap, and be sure to follow our Revolution Recap Instagram and Facebook pages. Be sure to follow our friends, The Bent Musket, on Twitter at The Bent Musket, and be sure to follow their work online at www.thebentmusket.com for year-round coverage of the revolution. And make sure you're subscribed to us on iTunes or wherever you are listening. And please, if you could, rate us, rate and review us five stars. It helps people looking for revolution content find it. We always appreciate the support of a five-star review. And if you would like to support the podcast further, you can become a Patreon at www.patreon.com slash revolutionrecap. And now, our conversation with Nico Calabria. Joining us now is Nico Calabria of the New England Revolution Amputee Soccer Team. Uh, Nico is also the captain for the United States Amputee Soccer Team, which is currently preparing for the Amputee World Cup at the end of this year in Turkey. You can see Nico and his team play the New York Metro Amputee Soccer Team this weekend at halftime of the New England Revolution match against New York Rebels. Uh, Nico, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. How are you? 
I'm doing great, Greg. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. No, I, I'm I'm very grateful for you to join. Uh, as I say, I'm I'm recently just found out about this. I'm learning about amputee soccer. I'm a complete beginner to this. Uh, I imagine a lot of our listeners might be unfamiliar with it as well. So can you give our listeners an overview of uh, what amputee soccer is? Sure. Um, amputee soccer is the fastest game on one leg. It's uh, played seven aside with um, field players having one arm, uh, one, one leg and playing on forearm crutches and the goalies having one arm uh, and they're confined to the goalie box. There's no offsides. Um, all of the throw-ins are indirect kicks, and besides that, the game is essentially the same, you know. And it's 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 super intense. It's 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 high-paced. It's it's violent. I've heard people describe it as a demolition derby meets soccer. It's the type of thing where like you might have an idea of what it might be like, and then you see it live, and it's a little bit different. So for those of you who are interested in you know kind of seeing what it's all about, I, I encourage you to come try to see it in real time. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of our listeners are going to uh, get a show uh, on, at halftime of uh, this weekend's game. So uh, how did you get involved with amputee soccer uh, and how long have you been involved with the United States national team? I got involved. I started playing when I was 16. Um, and that's because the American Amputee Soccer Association president at the time had seen a newspaper clipping of me playing soccer on crutches when I was maybe five or six years old. And, you know, that got forwarded to their desk and they basically said, hey, like reach out to my folks and said, hey, your your son has a spot on our team when he when he gets older. And the rest is history at this point, um, because, yeah, when I turned 16, I played my first match, uh, fell in love with it, realized I was, um, you know, an elite player. And since then, I've been playing for been the captain for USA uh, that entire time. And then more recently, I've been working with the Revolution to get a regional team set up in Boston. Um, and the revolution have been absolutely huge in growing the sport here, which has set a model for people around the country to follow um, as the sport gains traction on the international and the uh, domestic stage. Yeah, and that's great to hear. I'm, I'm just curious, how did that relationship from the revolution come about uh, and how have they kind of supported the efforts to grow the game? It's funny. I think um, it was 2014 when they had asked me to be the hero of the match. And it was because they had seen something about the Amputee Soccer World Cup. And at this point, uh, you know, they just reached out to me and I said, yes, I went and did it. And it was great. It was a one-off thing. And then about four years later, I got a little bit more um, involved with the organization, or, or organizational side of the Amputee Soccer team. It's, um, you know, a really it's all, an all-hands-on-deck uh, type of organization. And started organizing in Boston and said, you know what, why don't I reach out to the Revolution? Um, sent an email, you know, looked for some email addresses online and then, uh, heard back pretty quickly after I asked, like, hey, I, I'm i interested in starting a team here. Do you guys think you would want to be involved? And ever since then, the, you know, the revolution have have been in, involved um, where they're able, kind of getting us out to training sessions, just, you know, getting us FaceTime with the team, helping financially, providing uniforms, providing gear, all that stuff, you know, just bringing, bringing the sport to another level here, because I can't tell you how significant it is when you have a new player come to try amputee soccer which first of all is like a big step for a lot of people you know to get off their prosthetic to start trying the sport to try something athletic it's a big deal for some folks and getting to offer them a revolution jersey just it, it, having the stamp of approval from the from the revolution means a lot and, and you can just tell from the people who who get those jerseys and you know kind of buy in in that moment 
I also noticed on your website, it looks like you have weekly trainings in, in uh, Lancaster for anyone, any adults or children who are interested in joining and getting out and, and joining the team. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, we um, we are always looking for field time. Um, right now we practice 4.30 to 6.30 on Monday uh, evenings. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the FC Stars field in Lancaster. I coach coach for the FC Stars for, uh, for a season and they said, you know, we'd love to help out and uh, you know, offer you some free field time. Um, so we play out there and it, it's that type of story for pretty much, for pretty much everything with amputee soccer, you know, we're entirely self-funded. Our, our mission is to provide access to the beautiful game to um, any person living with limb loss or limb difference, regardless of age, ability, financial means. It, yeah. And, and I think it's ultimately it's about providing access to people. You know, th- there's not just an amputee soccer team, on every in every town where if someone hears about it they can try it out and and go do it It, it, it's a big commitment you might have to drive a couple hours um you might have to you know buy crutches etc take time off work whatever it is so uh, really our mission is to try to make it accessible to as many people as possible and um yeah i think that the sport changes people's lives in in a pretty significant way um folks who believe that you know their competitive careers are over or that you know they've lost um, if, if they lose a leg and they feel like they've lost soccer, and then they when they realize they can come back to it, um, and that it's supported in such a way by the MLS by um, by others that I think that just really goes a long way as far as just you know providing hope and also just the opportunity to continue to compete. And you know everyone that play like I'm sure everyone that's listening to this podcast gets it right. It's like soccer is sweet. We want as many people playing it as possible, regardless of who you are. So. Um, that's kind of the big the big mission that we're working on. Yeah, and I've I've read a lot of the bios on your website prepping for this interview, and I noticed a lot of them played sports growing up. Uh, and it's incredible that you still have this um, ability to stay active and continue to compete in a sport. So I, I just think it's a great cause. Uh, and and I noticed too that there are seven regional teams. So I think we're very lucky to have a, one of those seven teams in New England. You mentioned this this has grown a lot in the past decade or so. And I've also noticed, too, internationally, it seems like there are a lot more countries getting on board. Uh, I noticed that the, world, the, the Amputee World Cup increased from 12 teams in 2012 to 23 teams now uh, in the past decade. So uh, can you just talk about the growth of the sport and how it's changed since you've gotten involved? It's yeah, it's it's moving at like what feels like light speed in, at times. Um, from the from the founding of the sport, where it was you know completely disorganized, a few guys on crutches saying, "Hey, what the hell? Like, what, we can we can make a game out of this." And then you know having four teams come to the first World Cup, and then each year past that, people are you know just seeing how far they can take it. Yeah, it's I mean it's growing rapidly. There are what we're up against basically is teams who are fully state sponsored. Um, you know, land huge corporate sponsors and their players are professional athletes. Their players are playing year round. Um, they're, they're being, they're being paid to play. And it's just so different than what we've got going on in the United States where um, we're kind of a ragtag group of guys who are spread across the United States, you know, take time off work to come play train as individuals and then like try to put the pieces together when we get together at a training camp or an international competition. Um, Turkey, for example, uh, who's going to be hosting the next World Cup, they're fully state-sponsored. They have, they have two tiers of professional amputee soccer. People from around the world will go move to Turkey in order to you know, earn a salary and, and get to play the sport. And 
it's just it's it's growing rapidly. There are most the, the best countries in the world, which include um, many African nations, um, Turkey, England, France, Italy, Japan. Um, the, the list goes on. Those places all have domestic leagues where they're playing, you know, they're having their practices on a regular basis in their region, and then they're having domestic competitions. Um, so that's something we're really trying to emulate here in the United States. And that's kind of the the push behind working with the revolution and getting this thing started in New England. I mean, it's we have seven um, prospective regional teams set up on the website, but really um, where Anthony Soccer is happening in the United States is New England, New York, and Houston, Texas. Um, those are the three hubs and we're looking to grow them out. But to be honest, like we don't have, we don't have the numbers to do it. So it's so much of it is about getting the word out. Um, just letting young, young people know that this sport exists and it's here for you. If, if you're interested in, you know, I'll, I'll be on social media and just see some, you know, I'll follow like amputee athlete hashtags or something like that and run across someone's profile. And I'm like, Hey, have you heard of amputee soccer? Like just wanted to let you know the sport exists. They're like, I'm in Bozeman, Montana. Like what, what is there as far as options for me? And it sucks to be basically say like the option is if you want to pay for a plane ticket to go try the sport for your first time at a really high level at a training camp, you're invited to do so, you know? Um, so that's why I like getting these regional teams where it's, you know, fully open to anyone who wants to come and participate regardless of age or ability or gender. Um, that's, it's the first step. And it, it's honestly, it's slow progress. We've gone, yeah, four years about working with the revolution now. And we're just getting to the point now where this thing is getting sustainable. Um, each time we find a new player who's interested and really buys in, it completely changes the game for us. Um, just, yeah, I, I, I don't exactly know how to describe it other than we really need, uh, we can use all the help that we can get for sure. And it sounds to me that the Revolution are the only MLS team that's involved at this stage, at least. Is that correct? I don't want to misspeak. Um, what I can say for certain is that the Revolution have offered a level of support that I don't think is being emulated anywhere else in the United States. Um, in, in my opinion, and from what I understand, the Revolution are kind of blazing the trail um, to promote amputee soccer across the United States. I know we kind of... Um, we're in works with um, New York Red Bulls and that's kind of why this game is happening um, on the second between the New York team. But um, the revolution have off basically welcomed us into their organization. They allow us to use the revolution name. Um, they outfit us in jerseys. They give us, you know, promotional materials. And as far as I understand, that's where the, this is the only place that's happening in the country. That's great. And so, uh, and, and you kind of touched on this already, I guess in my mind, I'm kind of thinking of the, you know, the United States uh, national team, how they have camps and they bring everyone together. So it sounds like, you know, when you recruit a new player, they go and they try out with these regional teams. Uh, do you guys ever get together and play games? Is there training? How how does the, like, like to prepare for the world, like to prepare for the World Cup? Let me, let me rephrase it. Like uh, in preparation for the World Cup, um, what, what steps kind of come together? Do the seven regional teams kind of have camps or anything like that? How, how does that kind of get built? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're, four years ago, is, it was a totally different story than what it's going to be this year. Um, we've experienced unprecedented growth. We are absolutely exploding across the country. And this, this run up to the World Cup is going to look much different than it has in the past. Um, for example, 
the, this World Cup is the first World Cup in the history of the World Amputee Football Federation that there has been a formal qualifying tournament. In the past, it was really like, you know, who can come? Um, it costs this much. If you can get your team here, like, you're invited to come. And, and that's kind of where the sport was at. At this point, there's, there's 60 countries who are um, enrolled in the World Amputee Football Federation. And um, this is the first time that there's been this formalized tournament with, you know, representatives from WAF coming to the tournaments, making sure everything is, the due diligence is done, et cetera. So just that speaks to the fact that the sport has grown a massive amount in the last four years. Um, so for our, for the 2018 World Cup, for us, I think we had maybe, maybe two training camps within three months of the World Cup. Um, and that was our preparation. You know, everyone's playing as an individual. At that point, we didn't have regional teams set up. Uh, so for me, you know, I play with an able-bodied team. I work on as an individual on my skills. I run to get my cardio in. Um, it's really an individual effort. This year, however, because we've experienced such growth, um, both on the organizational side and on the player side, we are really prepared to um, to set up a professional um, lead-up to this World Cup. So at, at the World Cup qualifiers in in Mexico. Uh, we just returned and we beat Haiti, which uh, took took fifth at the last World Cup. Um, so we've clicked in a way and we've grown as players in a way that is really exciting to watch. Um, and we, we are amongst the most competitive teams in the world and have a legitimate shot at making a push for the cup. Um, so people around the country are figuring out how exactly they're going to uh, make ends meet for this. Like I'm, I'm seriously considering leaving my job training full-time, trying to get a hub started in Boston um, where players basically can move out here and, and train full-time um, to represent USA. Um, the, the issue is there's no funds for that. So, like, that's that's kind of what I'm working on now. You know, I teach full, full-time at a middle school. I love my teaching job, but um, it's feeling like this moment requires a full push. And um, I think for the first time in our sports history across the country people are ready to make those sacrifices to to push to push fully that that sounds amazing uh and and uh, my next question was going to be how do you feel about the team it sounds like you guys have a, a lot of confidence going into this uh world cup at the end of the year um i, I want to hear uh, about the amputee world cup uh, i believe the united states sent teams in 2014 and 2018 uh and, and i believe you you said you were a part of both of those is that correct yep Yep. T tell me about what it's like uh, playing in the Amputee World Cup and what that feeling is like. Well, it's amazing, to be sure. I think, you know, anytime you get to wear the red, white, and blue, you know, it's about more than soccer. It's about everyone at home. It's about everything that, um, you know, everything you feel when you think, when you look at the flag, et cetera. Um, so just having the opportunity to represent the country and play the sport that you love is, is a, you know, a privilege and an incredible opportunity, without a doubt. Playing in the Anthony Soccer World Cup, it's, it's honestly weird because you, the code switching that's happening for me in my daily life, going from being, um, you know, a teacher where most people in the United States have no idea what Anthony Soccer is, to going to a place like where we just were, um, San Juan de los Lagos in Jalisco, Mexico. Um, they hosted the qualifying tournament just now, and they also hosted the 2018 World Cup. And that city absolutely shows out for amputee soccer. You go down there and you're a complete celebrity. You know, everyone in that town knows who you are, why you're there, and they want your autograph and they want to they want to take a picture with you. 
and it's it's just funky because like you come you go from that to being back in the states where like my my sure my colleagues understand that like i play amputee soccer but no one really knows what that means or like the level that it's being played at or what the stakes are so it's special i mean you get to go and play against other people from around the world you know other amputees people who who face similar challenges in their life to you and it's 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 very cool it, it's you know it's certainly been the hi the highlights of my life i would say this last this qualifying tournament um in a weird way felt far more like the stakes were far higher than any world cup that i've played in in the past it's like you know who can make it to the world cup like we're looking for guys to be able to make it and you have to take off these dates like that was the attitude both on the international level and in the United States. And this one was like, you know, there are cuts. We are, you have to make it to this number of training camps. You have to like run this number of miles in this number of minutes, et cetera. And the, you know, the stakes just got raised. So I, I would say this, this last tournament playing in, in Mexico was easily more exciting and, and higher stakes than any world cup I've played in. And I have no doubt that the world cup in Turkey will um, just continue with that trend. It sounds like the sport is making a lot of exciting steps forward, and it certainly sounds like here stateside uh, it's starting to grow too, and it's starting to grow here in New England, uh, which is awesome. So, uh, Nico, uh, you know, our listeners right now, they're sold. Uh, they want to watch uh, amputee soccer, the fastest game on one leg. Um, I know you have a, I'm not sure, a scrimmage exhibition. Uh, I'm not sure what the correct term is for uh, halftime at the Revolution game. But to my understanding, you also have a full game uh, the following day on Sunday. Uh, tell our, our listeners about that uh, and, and where the game is and if they can go watch. Sure, sure. So, yeah, the, I would say the correct term would probably be a demo, an exhibition or a demo. For halftime at the at the Rebs game, we're gonna put on a show. Um, let people know that the sport exists. Have some fun. Um, it's you know it's not gonna be super competitive. We're playing probably smaller sides than we normally would. It's rushed. It'll be like eight minutes of actual game time. Um, but the following day, we'll be playing um, you know a competitive match between the New York team and the Revolution team at the FC Stars Fields in Lancaster, Massachusetts, and that will kick off at 8 a.m. and go until 9:30. Um, and yeah, that's, that's the opportunity to like really for us to like really get out and play and, you know, spread our wings a little bit. And uh, it'll be fun to play in front of the fans at Gillette and get the get the word out about the game. But I think the actual um, kind of the fierce competition will come out on Sunday. And um, hopefully we'll be having many more opportunities to to play and, and um, op better opportunities for spectators um, in the near future to watch the sport in New England. I, I noticed uh, in this report, too, the team is also looking for volunteers for coaching and, and physical therapists and stuff like that. Is that still a need uh, for for the team? Is there, um, beyond uh, financial donations, is there a need for uh, staffing and volunteers and, and stuff like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think um, th this is not just in for the case in New England. Like, I, I run the New England team. And it, it I'm the one behind the computer doing the organizing, you know, calling people to find field times, et cetera. We absolutely have a need for, for anyone. <laughs> it, and I think that one of the reasons this sport is so exciting in the United States right now is that it's entirely grassroots. It's like, it's fully a grassroots organization, which especially in comparison to some of these other teams that are, you know, playing professional soccer, it makes the victories and, and the actual builds so much more exciting. And yeah, the the feeling of 
Oh, man. For example, the our head coach and the president of the board is a father of four and the head of uh, prosthetics and orthotics division at Stony Brook University. Um, our treasurer has a similar position. Our, our everyone's a professional that is that is squeezing in, organizing the sport whenever they can, which is why when we went down and and won in the fashion that we did, the the victory felt all the the more sweeter. That it's like yeah we're people are are pouring blood, sweat, and tears into this organization to see the sport grow, to see to see the United States become a powerhouse in the sport, and and we're watching it happen right now. Um, so. Absolutely. Like we, we want people to get involved. We could use help in, in every single way, website design, um, social media, coaching, um, administration, you name it, we, we need help with it. Um, and the more people we get involved, you know, the, the farther we're going to go. And like I said before, when you find that one person who can really make a difference in one way, their impact can be felt in a significant way at this part in an organization. Like you want to, you want to see the sport grow and you want to commit five hours, 10 hours per week, you will see payoffs in, in that contribution. So yeah, absolutely. We, we want everyone to get involved and, and the more hands on deck, the, the better. Well, well, Nico, how can people um, reach out to you? How can people get in touch with you um, if they want to reach out and either volunteer time or donate to you guys financially? I know right now you are fundraising to send the team to the World Cup, uh, and, and you can talk about that too in a minute. But first, give me the contact information of how people can get in touch with you or your coach or however, and, and where they can learn more about your team. Sure. So for the national organization, U.S. AMP, ampsoccer.org, usampsoccer.org. Um, that has kind of the whole national uh, thing lined out as well as US Amputee Soccer um, on Instagram. Um, for New England, I'd be the contact. You can, you can get in touch with me at Nico Calabria on Instagram. You can also get in touch with us at Revolution Amputee Soccer on Instagram, um, as well as revolutionamputeesoccer at gmail.com. Um, we're working on a website. That's a, a place where we definitely have some need for um, someone to help out. But all of those places, get in touch with me and I will get people um, involved and, 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 uh, and running. And for our listeners, I'll, I'll put all of those links in the show notes. So if you are interested, be sure to go read the description of this episode uh, and you'll be able to find everything right there. Uh, and then Nico, I, I kind of alluded to this too. Uh, it's important right now, if, if people can't donate time or, or are unavailable to help, they can still help financially. Um, and so please talk about the, the fundraiser you guys are doing right now and where people can go to donate. Sure. Um, you're catching me like a day before I have the whole thing up and running. Um, but essentially what's happening is that the United States, we do not have, we have very little um, support right now. Um, we have grown at a rate that has been super exciting because it's, it's paying off on the field and in these regional teams across the country. Um, but we have a massive amount of fundraising to do in order to get the team to World Cup. Um, just to put things in perspective, we'll be taking between 20 and 20. Uh, and 30 people, uh, staff and players, to the World Cup in Turkey. A ticket right now is about $1,000, and those are only going to get more expensive. Um, so just there for a loan, you can see, you know, we're going up towards like $30,000 um, just to get the team to the World Cup. We need new jerseys. We're wearing the same jerseys that we've been wearing for, um, I think this is our fifth year, going on our fifth year now. Um, U.S. soccer uh, basically hasn't picked us up. 
and we don't have we don't have the funding from you know the national organization so it's on us to to raise those funds for ourselves um for ourselves and yeah and in addition there's so many other things that we want to do we want to um hire someone at the organization to be working full time on all these things so that our you know our head coach and president of the board goes and has dinner with his family um every once in a while as opposed to like pulling amputee soccer all nighters um it, you know that all the money goes directly back to the team and gets people on planes and fed and lodged when they go to compete to play for USA. Um, that's where all of the money goes. And you know, we again, we have people who are taking time off, time away from work, like jeopardizing their jobs in order to go do this. Um, some employers being totally behind it, love to see it. Um, they're 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 two thumbs up. Other employers don't feel the same way. It's like I. I can't let this guy go because, um, you know, they need to be working. So all of the funds are going directly towards getting Team USA players onto planes and onto the field. And um, we're basically looking to raise between $100,000 and $150,000 between now and September in order to pay for at least three training camps for the team, um, two international friendlies that we would host in the United States, um, as well as the actual approximate $50,000 cost to get the entire team to the World Cup um, and all of the associated fees with that. So we've got a bit of a mountain to climb and every little bit helps right now. And and yeah, I really appreciate you having on the show and giving us the opportunity to, to, to talk about this because we, um, <laughs> well, I, I just want to play soccer. And I think that's how a lot of the guys feel. And it's, you know, I'm a fundraiser too and an, and an organizer behind the scenes. And we're really close with one more push to, to moving past that to setting up something that's totally sustainable, um, whereby there's a professional organization that is making this happen across the country. And uh, any donation is bringing us one step closer to that goal. Well, we, we, we certainly wish you the best. One more thing. I actually missed it earlier. Is there any way where people can go to uh, maybe watch some of your games? Is there a YouTube channel? Is there any highlights that people can go uh, and see either the, the New England Revolution soccer team or the United States soccer team, uh, maybe in qualifying or previous World Cups? Is there anything like that where people can maybe go uh, and, and watch this uh, online? Yeah, yeah. So um, definitely there's a, the U.S. Amp Soccer team has a YouTube page and there's some um, game footage from like the 2018 World Cup there. Um, as far as these last, um, the four matches we played in Mexico last week, um, those are on Facebook on uh, San Juan TV. Um, but that's something that we uh, I can work on and I, and I can uh, post through the Twitter to kind of give some links for those. Um, but yeah, all the games that we just played in Mexico are available at San Juan TV. Dot mx um and just like on the san juan tv facebook page uh, under videos so i can provide links for all that in the description as well um and yeah there's some pretty sweet highlights from that tournament we scored some nice goals and um actually yeah we're really trying to get one on, on sports center so if you if you know anything about that um that might be one of our next goals is to try to get some more eyes on it that way well, uh, I think you got your your best chance of that is tweeting at Taylor Twelman. I think that's my only connection uh, <laughs> to ESPN. Um, but hey, if you know if you have uh, New England Revolution in your your handle, uh, he might you might uh, might catch his eye a little bit. So, um, Nico, is there anything uh, I didn't ask you? Anything else you want to tell our listeners before we uh, depart here today? No, this. I mean, this has been great. I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come on and, and to share the story. Um, I hope people feel excited about the sport, and I think. Um, what I, what I think is important to leave people with is that 
I, oftentimes people with disabilities, especially in these types of stories, get framed in one of two ways. One is that there's like a pity story that, um, you know, oh, look at this, this is sad. Or it's framed in, in the idea that it's, it's an inspiration. And I think like, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly more towards the side of thinking um, about it as being inspiring. But to be honest, we, we just want to play soccer. Um, we, you know, all of us live lives with, with disabilities. You know, we get by, we figure it out, we have challenges and, you know, we overcome them. We want to live fulfilled, happy, um, you know, competitive lifestyles. So I think that when people watch it, I hope that it's not like, wow, look, look at what these guys can do regardless of their ability. Um, and more so um, focusing on the fact that like, look at the love for the game. Um, look at the skill, look at the passion, look at the determination. Oh, and they also happen to have one leg. Um, I think that part's important. And um, yeah, we just want to, we want to share the sport with as many people as possible. Uh, on our last practice, we had this young kid named Isaac who, whose family had basically seen a news story about the team. And, you know, his parents are completely overjoyed with the fact that this exists. They had no idea, um, like most people don't. And they realized that, like, their son is going to have an opportunity to play a competitive, the game that he loves at a competitive level and have the chance to represent the United States and, um, and the revolution. And that's really what it's all about is giving, giving that kid Isaac an opportunity. And there are many more Isaacs out there that are just waiting to hear about it. And um, we're excited for that moment to, to really to explode and, and to make sure that everyone who wants to play can play. Well, I think this is amazing. And as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, you welcome all uh, beginners. And so in the off chance, any of our listeners knows someone who might be interested, uh, make sure you check out the website. Um, all of the links that we talked about on YouTube, on Instagram, uh, we'll post your Twitter account too. I know you just created that uh, earlier this week. Uh, websites, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera, we'll be putting uh, in the show notes. So please make sure you uh, at least give them a follow. And also, if you want to donate, I know, Nico, you said you're about a day behind we'll be posting this later in the week so i'll make sure to post the links on where you can donate in the show notes as well nico i think this is incredible what you're doing you're building a, a really really great thing uh, and i'm really grateful you were uh, on the podcast today and we'll be rooting for you uh, in the world cup in turkey later this year uh, and this weekend uh, against new york so um, thank you so much for joining us nico it's my pleasure thanks for having me on greg i really appreciate it